I've had to close a business. That's a very hard decision. And to do that with my value system intact and integrity, I decided to be really transparent about it and tell everyone far in advance. I told the whole team about 18 months before I knew we'd have to close the business entirely. I didn't know how that would go down. That was pretty radical. It was amazing. I think like 98% of the people stayed. I had a few percentage, about 2% panicked and left and went and found a new job. But everyone else was, wow, this is, because I made it exciting. Like, how often do you get to unwind a business? We've all built businesses. Actually, unwinding a business is much more complicated. Just so many complexities, so many interesting things. People have still write me and say things like, I went back to school during those 18 months at night and got a degree. Something I would never have done. You motivated me. Your transparency motivated me. So it, it really became a gift, even though it was one of the hardest things we had to do. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Rebecca Masiera Kaufman. Rebecca is a seasoned CEO with broad leadership experience as a financial services leader in sales and marketing, risk management, and international business operations. Her extensive experience in the financial services industry and outstanding record of leading highly successful business turnarounds has resulted in effective scaling of new businesses and expanding of existing operations globally for Fortune 50 FS organizations. Wow, this is amazing, Rebecca. Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. No, it's my pleasure. My pleasure is great. This sounds so exciting that I love the fact that you're transforming businesses. It's a fun thing to do. And I'm in a new phase as well now with my own business and okay. just written a book. Well, can you share more? Can you elaborate, please? Sure. So after 30 years in financial services, where I held so many exciting positions, including being CEO of turning around a bank. I'm being chairman of that bank and then running a, an international business in 100 countries. After all that travel and sitting on a lot of airplanes and loving all of it, I decided to launch my own business. So I now have my own business, RMK Group LC, where I advise startup CEOs and help them transform. I also sit on some boards. And then thirdly, I have written a book with my co-author, Lillian So. It's called Fit CEO. Be the leader of your life. And it's about mental, physical, spiritual, emotional health as a leader. Oh, very good. How do you operate when it comes to helping CEOs with their business? Is it similar to what you were doing before? Or is the structure different now that you're doing it yourself? It's very different. In the 30 years I, I was working for the Fortune 50 financial services companies, I was an operator, president, CEO, head of a business, managing thousands of people, running all the areas. Now I'm advising and consulting with these CEOs and their C's teams. So it's exciting work. And it's really, it's the book for me is a way of mentoring at scale. And the advisory business is a way of mentoring 
very closely one-on-one either with the startup CEO or with their entire C staff. Okay, that's excellent. Can you share some key points from your book that can help people make a decision to go and, and actually purchase that book to read it completely? <laughs> sure. It's a very short book. Right. I wanted something, a book, okay. Lily and I wanted something that you could read in two and a half hours or less. And just keep okay. as a reference. So the book is split into 30 chapters and five sections. And the five sections are about commitment, boundaries, intention, self-care, and heart. And the intention area feels to me to it super resonate with your focus as well. Commitment, yeah. it's about setting aside the time to really make this the set of things we recommend a routine. The boundaries is about thinking less is more and creating ease and letting mm. you manage things versus things manage you. And the intention is all about knowing your brand, aligning your stars, slowing down to speed up. Lots of different parts I could share there. Self-care. A lot of the people I work with, I'm sure this is true for you as well, Shahid. They take care of their businesses, they take care of their families, but they don't take care of themselves at the same level. And so we really want, and the whole book is about self-care is as important as every, is the most important thing. So then you can take care of business and everyone else. And then last Mm. section of the book is on heart, striking a balance, managing your energy and having fun. It's a, it's a, each chapter is just a few pages and each chapter ends with, some recommended immediate and imperfect action. Imperfect action. I love it. Just go and do it. Yeah. Just go and do it. Take that first step. What struck me when I was looking at some of the work you do is that all the people who say, I got writer's block, I can't never write a book, or I could never start a business, or I can't, all that mental blockage. Our book is really about take the first step. Just Imperfect mm. and immediately take that first step. Start to write. Start mm. your business. Do, Just do if it. If you don't take the first step, you're never going to go on that path. Yeah, but it's, that first step is very difficult for many people. And that's the purpose of this show, too, to bring more and more awareness out there is that as a human being, you do have some special gifts. Just take that step. Just take that step because you're going to see how things just start opening up. Yeah, there's so much. Or do what you do with just 1% more. Just that shift 1% more is you start gaining confidence. There's a lot of ways that we talk about how you can gain confidence to take that step. In the very first chapter, uh, first section of the book on commitment, there are many ways to commit. We give a lot of hints. One is to buddy up. And the more you tell the world, if you tell the universe, I'm going to do X, whatever that X is. If it's going to be, I told the world probably 20 years ago, I wanted to write a book. And it was in my DNA that I one day would write a book. And people would ask me over time, like, how's it coming? And like, I've outlined the chapters. I'm going to do it when I leave corporate America. I had the plan. And so then when my star aligned that I was ready, I had lots of notes and I had chapters outlined and written so that then when I took that first step to actually sit down with Lillian and write the book, we had half the content done. Mm. It's that intention, right? Yes. I really think intention is such a key. I 
describe the book as an intentional total orchestration of Mm -hmm. mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health. Being intentional, having intent, and sharing it with others. Buddying up. Yeah. Put yourself out there. And gee, people show up to help you. Yeah, I remember uh, a few years ago, I made a post and I was so nervous about it, but it was such a passionate thing from within that I said, no, I know this is happening. And I said that I want to impact millions of lives. And this was even before I launched this podcast. And then it just seems like everything is just fitting in to going towards that intention day by day, you know, that 1% better. And it just seems like I'm just flowing in that direction. Isn't that great? I love when you can commit and then have the intent. More and more of it can come with ease. And the more you worry about it, you block it. The more you can say, I am going to do it and build it and keep taking one step at a time, the ease starts to come. Mm -hmm. It's almost like oiling Mm -hmm. a a machine or building muscle strength. And so we talk a lot about the interaction between if you build the muscle strength, you then have the stamina for the mental part. And if you're managing the mental part, you have the energy for the emotional, all of these pieces, and then making time for that spiritual part to think about things that are much bigger than us and contemplate them. Much bigger. Reflect on them. Yes. It sounds like your program is a big percentage is mindset. Absolutely. I had at one point thought my book could be titled Mind Over Matter or It's a Mental mm-hmm. Thing. But yes, when, it is. When I became CEO of the Turnaround Bank, one of the things I was doing was commuting every week and then also having to travel to commuting to Southern California from Northern California every week. And then also having to travel to Mexico and overseas and to New York. And I was living out of suitcases and trying to figure out how to eat healthy and stay the same size and stay high energy because I'm a very high energy person to really take the team through very difficult times, hire a great team, plan the path of attack, if you will, to solve the big, hairy, audacious problems. And then celebrate the wins. And so to do that, I had to take care of myself physically. And so a lot of the title of the book came from that period of my life of fit CEO, be the leader of your life. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's it's such a powerful part of us, the inner working, the self-awareness. It just feels like you open a door to something, like you mentioned, something much bigger. And another thing that you mentioned that really resonated with me is that fun aspect. I don't start the day with anything but fun. I'm just can't wait to meet people on the show. Can't wait to wait to do things like everything. Like when I meet with a client, it's just fun. Right. I just want it to be around fun because that energy is just brings about the enthusiasm, the love, the joy. I just feel like it has so much power behind it that even a small amount of stress can derail everything, you know. And the positive energy is courageous. I think the answer a lot to stress is to be kind to yourself and say, it's okay. Stress happens. It happens all the time. And we have to Mm -hmm. be kind to ourselves and say, yeah, the airplane got canceled. That's stressful. Yeah, the meeting moved. That's stressful. Yeah, someone got ill. That's stressful. Live with it for just so much. But resiliency, we the resiliency is how fast you can move through it to not have it 
dominate your mindset. Yeah, yeah. I work on these paradigms, right? And one of them is to look for good in everything. And it was probably one of the most difficult paradigms I had to work on. But in that situation, when something like that happens, you just, you create that mindset that everything is going to happen regardless, no matter what is going to happen. We're flowing through each moment by moment and challenges and problems are going to come, but just be okay with it, that let it come through like anything else. And when you start becoming comfortable with that, let it flow through and go to the next moment, the next moment, it starts becoming calmer. It starts becoming more with ease and it doesn't affect you as much as it used to. You know, it, you're making me think of people often ask me like, what's your best advice? What's your best advice? And I used to tell teams or people who would ask me individually for advice, one of my favorite phrases is be a duck. Let it roll off your back. So if you think about that. Yeah, I love that. So the flow through that you're talking about really makes me think about yeah. letting it roll off your back. Now, people may yeah. not see how fast you're paddling underwater, but you are letting yeah. it. The more you let it flow off of you or roll off of you, you do absorb the calmness, even if you're paddling quickly yeah. under the water to get to your yeah. destination. Yeah. I love that. So when you got into all this, since your childhood, did you have this capability of a strong inner world? Or is there a story behind it that made you kind of <laughs> transform? Is there something that you can share regarding that journey? As a child, I I have tons of energy. I had a sister who passed away before I was born. And I think I sometimes thought my parents gave me her middle name. And I think I sometimes thought I had two lives in me. So maybe that's where my high energy came from. That's one little oh. thing. But and, and when I was four, yeah. my father got very ill and we were told that he would pass away. And I think I I learned very quickly from my mother to live for now because we didn't know yes. how long he'd lived. He had cancer, unfortunately. Yeah. And so I got a number of gifts from very stressful situations from death. Yeah. I got a gift of energy mm. and from illness. I got a gift of live for now. So yeah. I think you talk about how a lot of your past influences your mindset, which it does. Plus, I don't know where it came from, but I love business. I had a a business in my room. I used My mom didn't like shopping. And so I'd go yeah. make things and buy things and... When I saw she needed something, I'd buy it or make it and retail it to her and then learn that other people would want that too. And mm. I had a little shop in my room called... Solution the, Finder. Yeah. So I always was very interested in business. And then later in life, I got went to business school and loved international business and then started a career eventually in financial services. So what has been the most important lesson you have learned during your career as a CEO? Wow. The most important lesson for me, everything starts with culture. I really spend a lot of time intentionally on building a very healthy culture. And when I took over the bank as a CEO, I put together a four pillar framework for us around customer centricity, operational excellence, employee engagement, and shareholder return. And I found that really driving all of our strategies around customer, employee, operating the business with excellence in all areas, regulatory, legal, et cetera, and then driving for that shareholder return gave us a way to make decisions in all meetings. There was no mystery, right? Is this decision we're talking about 
Is it right for the customer? Right. Is it right for the employee? Is it, can we deliver it with excellence? Can we actually deliver what we're going to promise and do it well and legally and regulatorily correctly? And does it have the right return for our investors and shareholders? And so that made all the, all the recognition programs, all the town hall meetings, all the communications I sent out were always talking about where we were in our customer delight journey, where we were in our employee engagement, where we were in our operational excellence and where we were in our shareholder return. And it was very transparent and it made decision-making mm -hmm. easy. So I'd say biggest lesson I've learned is start with culture first. Very good. Can you share a time when you had to make an unpopular decision and basically how you overcame it? Sure. I've had to make many unpopular decisions. I've had to close. Yeah. <laughs> I'll share the one where I've had to close a business. That's a very hard decision. Oh. You know? And to do that with my value system intact and integrity, I decided to be really transparent about it and tell everyone far in advance. I gave them, I told the whole team about 18 months before I knew we'd have to close the business entirely. And I said, look, I will tell everybody as far in advance as possible, hopefully six months, but maybe only three months, depending on each group of people. But I promise you, I'll tell you at least three months before the jobs goes away, but hopefully six months. And I'm telling everyone now, it's everyone over 18 months. I didn't know how that would go down. That was pretty radical. It was amazing. No one, like mm. very, I think like 98% of the people stayed. I had a few percentage, about 2% panicked and left and went and found new jobs. Mm. But everyone else was, wow, this is, because I made yeah. it exciting. Like how often do you get to unwind a business? We've all built businesses. Actually unwinding a business yeah. is much more complicated. Taking care of the customer. Yeah planning out how to shut down an operation, lease with your landlord, just so many complexities. We had art that we need mm. to return to another country that had been loaned to us as a gift. Oh. So many interesting things. What came of it is each time I would tell a group, okay, your group will be ending in six months. And then at the 90 day mark, we made it official. Here's your 90 day notice. I brought in recruiters. I had these open hours so they, that I told all the local companies that we would be doing this for each department and then brought in local companies and did job fairs, gave them resume services, made it really high road, high value, high. If you stay, you're going to get all this great yeah. benefit. People have still write me and say things like, I went back to school during those 18 months at night and got a degree. Something I would yeah. never have done. You motivated me. Your transparency motivated me. So it, it really became a gift, even though it was one of the hardest things we had to do. Yes. Yeah, so true. And Rebecca, you said transparency it kept coming in my mind about how people are so much passionate about seeing transparency. When they see transparency and leadership, there is that attraction. I'm not sure what it is, a very deep place where when they see that in a leader, they see that in someone, by default, they just want to be loyal. They want to be there. This, the decision you made to be transparent was probably the most powerful thing that you did in that whole situation, I feel. It's funny you say that because I used to ask people, like, people would call me up and say, I want to work for you if you ever have an opening. Like, I didn't have any openings. People yeah, say, I want to work true. for you. And I said, yes. why? They're like, you're the most authentic yes. leader I've exactly. seen. And I'm like, what does that mean? I'm Rebecca. Of course I'm authentic. Me. <laughs> So it's hard yeah. if you're yeah. not, I don't know, because oh. I'm me, but it is a funny comment. It's, that was 
yeah. a common thread of what people said to me. And I, like you just said, yeah. I think of it as I'm very transparent, I'm very clear, I'm very yeah. intentional. Mm-hmm. But for others, the word they use was authentic, which is table stakes for me. Because it's not very common. It's unfortunately, we feel when we go in business that we have to play this person at work and then there's a separate person at home and it's been like that for a long time yeah so when somebody sees transparency you gravitate yeah power of the mind i'll tell you my other favorite advice i give people is be you and when in doubt yes be more of you yeah so much easier yeah so much you don't have to you don't have to remember anything you just be you you meet someone in public somewhere at an event it's exactly you see him on TV is exactly you, right? So there's no surprise. There's no there's no work involved. I have some former teammates who'll say, Hey, I watched your video, I read your book. Wow, it's just like being with you. I'm like, Yeah, I'm me. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Rebecca, can you share with us what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in your life? Innermost superpower that got me to this point in life, I guess two words keep coming up, positive and energy. Mm. Or maybe enthusiasm mm. is the way I'd say it. Enthusiasm, yes. Yeah. I love enthusiasm. I think that's my superpower. Yeah, enthusiasm can shift a lot of things, especially organizations. So that's a great superpower to have, especially with what you do and how you help businesses. Yeah, great question. Thanks yeah, for asking great. Yeah, it's part of our thing here on our show. We always ask that one question from our guests to understand what's going on in the inner world. My complete interest is the inner, is the power that's behind that person, the mindset. Positive energy, enthusiastic. I love it. How I feel it. Love it. That could be your new on your business card, (laughs) positive energy, enthusiasm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's great. That was great, Rebecca. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. It was great talking to you, to learn what you've been through, what you're going through, and how you're launching your launch your own business, and how you're out there helping people increase their business and growth, and especially the biggest thing is the mindset. Part. Yeah, because yeah. when you do that with them in the business world, but it has a ripple effect into their personal life and to their kids gone those days when you go home and you take it out in your family when you have problems during work right but people like you what you're doing in people's lives is that is ending and kids are growing up more happier yeah isn't that wonderful and shahid i'd love it if i could tell your listeners that if they want to get the book fit ceo they can get it com or at any bookseller and would love to link in with me on LinkedIn and tell me what you think. I love feedback. It's just such a gift. That is great. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Audience, thank you so much for joining us once again. You heard Rebecca. She a transparent person like this, authentic person like this, with a good heart, doing things out there to make improvements in other people's lives. She deserves Uh, your attention and what she has written. See what it's about. And you can tell that she's open to honest feedback and suggestions. It will help you because you're on the journey on entrepreneurship. And especially if you want to get help, you want to get help from someone that's involved with majority mindset because that is the power center. 
that is what makes the change. Thank you. Thank you, and Rebecca. So thank wonderful. you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.